this week on a highly anticipated Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked the movie. How was it? Did we like it? Did we hate it? Who was the best? Who was the worst? And a whole lot more. Enjoy! We are. We've seen it. We've seen the movie. We did. Already. Yeah. Well, Several days ago. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you, you hear this, we'll have seen it for a while. Because uh, we, we paid to go see it at a pre-screening fan event at uh, AMC Theaters. Yeah. In the Dolby Theater. Yeah. What is that theater called? The Dolby? The Atmos. Atmos. Yeah. It, the sound is so loud, it shakes your seats. <laughs> well, they, they show before the movie starts, they had a presentation of exactly what the theater does. Mm-hmm. And it says, you think this is what black looks like on a movie screen? <laughs> yeah. This is what black looks like on a movie screen. And it's like, whoa, this is cool. And then there's like, you think you know sound? You don't know sound. And it shows like a splash of water. And it shows a man blowing fire. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like the seats rumble. And I was like. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm in. Well, did you have the experience at my theater? There was like a, a pre area uh, to walking in. So like when you go through the doors, they're playing the Downton Abbey theme and they had like this screen of like the characters flashing. And oh, no, you, we didn't have that. Oh, you walk through that little area. Then you enter in. I was on the. That's what you put on our Instagram story. Yes. And then I was in the balcony. Uh, there was a, a balcony. Yeah, there was two tiers. This is New York, man. Uh, there, was, there was two tiers. So I was on the, the I was at the top at the front row of the second tier now did your seats have like the four buttons reclining system yes i did that was too much for me to figure out because (laughs) uh spoiler alert connor from the last mix match challenge cut it a little close granted we went to a place that was very far away from where we all live you went to danbury went to danbury so like all of us made some drives to get there and i was trying to like figure out this recliner Mm -hmm. and the thankfully the woman next to me was also in the same boat Mm-hmm. And it was it was a little tough, because and I think I compromised how I was sitting comfort wise to not bother anybody. Because it's weird; it's two toggles. There's one for your back, and then one for your legs, and you have to try and adjust it to get yourself laying. Yeah, back. one felt like I was in a scoop, like I was in a um, some kind of construction equipment moving me around, and right. that was hey, I was comfy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, we paid a lot. Well, I paid twenty six dollars for my ticket, which is a little less for us, yeah, us Connecticut folk. But yeah. then again, we had to pay gas. Right, right. Whereas mine is just to stop off the subway, uh, but worth it because we got a snow globe also with our uh, screening. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dave, do you have yours displayed anywhere? Not yet. I, it's still in my living room. It'll probably go somewhere in the room where we we record. Yeah, I'm still trying to decide what to do with mine. Exactly. I, I, you know what? I kind of would have taken a poster instead. Do they have posters there? No, I would have liked a poster though. Yeah, because the snow globe is pretty tiny and just fe- features Heikler Castle inside there, mm-hmm. a gold version of it. Um, the only version of it. The only version of it. Uh, but yeah, Dave, we, we've seen it. We have not heard too many uh, responses from other people yet because, uh, well, it hasn't come out in America yet. Mm-hmm. There are some reviews online. It has a, what, 79 as of this moment on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. There, there was one review, and I don't, we'll get to our reactions and everything. There's one review from the New York Post that said, down, uh, two, two thumbs, thumbs Downton. Two thumbs Downton. And as one of our friends said, kill yourself in response to that. Hmm. Oh, we have a group chat of everybody that that saw the movie with us. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that sentiment of "kill yourself" to that to that New York Postman. Yeah, uh, so uh, we are, you know, we made a lot of comments saying 
mm-hmm. regarding Barrow's fate in the end of season six. Mm-hmm. We do not condone suicide. No, we don't. No. But Why? this this one author and his cash in, easy to say, tweetable review. Exception to the rule. I don't doubt he had that pre-written in his head before even seeing the movie. Two thumbs down. It just writes itself. Uh, I read his review and it just seemed like he was comparing it to the show and it didn't seem like he had a good memory of what the show was exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of comparing it to the show, mm-hmm. did you get the 10 minute? A 10 minute intro explaining like, a catch up on everything. By, by Phyllis Logan and uh, Jim Carter. Yeah, which it was great because there's just two trailers. Uh, one Tubman, for, Harriet. Yeah, yeah, people applauded for that one. That looks crazy. I, that last shot with all the guns. I'm in. I've been saying for years they need to make, make like an action-packed Harriet Tubman movie because she like iced like a hundred something people, right, or something. She killed a lot of people, like saving uh, lives. I, that's a, that's an action movie right there. And what was the other trailer? Uh, it was uh, Last Christmas with. Uh, oh yeah, Amelia we had Clark. both of those two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then there was the 10-minute thing. And I know from AMC theaters, they usually play like 20 minutes of preview. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch a recap on this. The person next to me filmed the entire 10-minute recap that you can go on YouTube and yeah, watch. It's <laughs> there for free. Anyone can do this. Granted, you don't have the Atmos seats. Right, right. So, so every time Jim Carter spoke, my, my butt wiggled. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good That's feeling subwoofer. Well, here's Lady Mary Crawley. <laughs> that's, that's so true. It was very... Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was necessary for me, mm-hmm. but I will say our, our attorney, Kevin, was like, that was good. The The crowd went wild when they showed Matthew on screen. <laughs> I don't know about you. Was your crowd responding to the movie or whooping I think and my hollering? Favorite, they, oh, they were, they were whooping and, and hollering, but not necessarily in this. But Oh, when they saw Matthew, they were, real stooges were in there. Yeah, it was a real whoop, man. When they showed Matthew and Jim Carter, it's like, and the dashing Matthew Crawley. And it shows like, Pudgy early season one Matthew. Oh like, yeah, dashing. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Not there yet. Um, when they when they showed Edith home wrecking, there, there was a I could hear in the crowd like oh. Yeah. <laughs> there, right. The woman next to me, at one point says, "Oh oh for when they're and whoever brings up Anna and Mister Green, mm-hmm. she's like, oh my god, that was so hard for me to watch. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe like they're digging into the, that to bring up like, oh man. Well, I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, you have to. Yeah, yeah. And they brought the Pamuk. People laughed about the Pamuk dying. Yeah. Uh, how how mad did you get when they're like, and Lord Grantham's favorite female in the house. Pharaoh. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, Pharaoh's the one you give? Pharaoh dies off screen. Right, we don't even see it, Pharaoh. It's Isis. We okay. do see Pharaoh, though. We do, but, but, but barely. Pharaoh is early seasons. Isis is yeah. when the show hits its stride. Right, exactly. And I could have said, maybe T.L.? Maybe T.L.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Not quite. But then after that, we get the Atmos thing, and then the movie started. And what I think actually may be the best moment of the entire movie. The drone shots? No, the score. Okay. The way you hear those opening, like, the opening piano and, like, the strings, like, the way it just kind of, like, gently folds into the actual, like, it was, it gave me chills, like, the way that music starts, and then it drops for a second, and then you hear the full score coming, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is game on. We're in. Yeah. That's, I've been listening, I was listening on Spotify, that score is, great job, John Lund. John Lund, our boy. Earn, earning those With paychecks. With that smug, smug face, John Lund. <laughs> yeah, he knows better. Um, should we say what we thought of the movie, Dave? Or try and recap to the best we can recall it? Or How was the crowd when you saw it? 
crowd was receptive. They were what was it. what? What did the crowd? How did you observe the crowd? I kind of wish I wasn't in the balcony because the crowd on, that seemed on the floor below me was going going crazy. And I wish I was in the thick of that. Any anybody in period outfits? I did not spot anyone in period outfits. Like, we, we had a good contingent of young ladies in flapper dresses. I think it's a little different. So whereas you can drive there and people aren't, you know, staring eyes at you. In New York, if you're riding on a subway, everyone is, I mean, there are a lot of weird things in New York, but everyone would be looking at you if you're in period garb showing up to this theater. It, it would just be strange. So I, I did not see much of that going on. We did. If any if anybody was at the Danbury, Connecticut show mm-hmm. or the Manhattan show, tweet us. I don't know how our, how our reach is. I was actually very curious going in. I know nobody's going to recognize me mm-hmm. as a human because what we do is audio. Mm-hmm. But there's a world where somebody that's so fired up for this Downton movie could listen to our podcast. Yeah, they could have found us. Uh, yeah, I had that. We were just talking before we hopped in the, po- the, the recording here. Uh, I wanted to like say to someone, like, I do a podcast on this. Uh, you know, would they know and stuff? But I just kept it to myself. I, I, I kind of wish I had like stickers or flyers or something, right? Like even, a punk show or something like and that. And even after the movie ended and the credits had rolled, and the actual like screen had went to a, a window screen, the person next to me was still sitting there. I almost wanted to say like, "You know, I do a podcast," but it's like, "Nah, nah, just leave it. Just leave it. Don't put if yourself over." There is a room to do that. That's the room. That is the room. But it's the pre-screening. I know. I know. That's that. They're all there for the same thing. But well, I, I was just saying also before we recorded, myself and and the gang that I went with, all former guests, Kevin, Alec, and Connor. Mm-hmm. We're standing talking because we did. We all had to drive home mm-hmm. the same awkward drive that we did to get there. Mm-hmm. And th- this, the group of women in the flapper dresses walked by. I don't know if it was flapper or just 20s. I mm-hmm. really don't. I'm not good with the fashion, even though I just watched the whole show. They were like, What are you, are you guys waiting for another show of the movie to start? And we were like, No. We just <laughs> We're watched. just talking. I think I said, like, We're. we're unpacking what we saw mm-hmm. and they were like laughed and walked away and i was like those people around our age downton fans clearly in the know enough to know there's a fan event mm-hmm. they could be fans they could have they could have crossed our podcast or ring for tea or and said downton no. gabby <laughs> yeah and they were like not happening. women okay women okay men Hell no. <laughs> they don't listen to us. I mean, we have the Spotify stats. Yeah. We know that men don't listen to us that much, so. <coughs> well, excuse me. Well, we, but we do have some Downton Daddies who listen to us. So yeah. We're, we're Lingus Reed. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, so, yeah, Dave, should we say what we thought of the movie? Yeah. It was good. I loved it. You loved it. I, lo- I loved I loved more Downton. My- <laughs> I got mm-hmm. home from work on Friday, and I think I like took a nap because I was tired because I didn't get to bed until late. Mm-hmm. And my phone starts going off, and it's my mom. And I picked up the phone, and she said, "You know why I'm calling." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I texted my family afterwards because they've all seen the show, and you know, I, I let them know they'll definitely like it. I was swept up in it. I enjoyed it. I loved it a lot. I liked it a lot. But having it sitting with it for the past couple of days, I do have reservations about the film. It wasn't perfect. No, by no means. It was like you know what I'll say. It was like Rogue One. Okay. Where I'll take, I'll put it in my veins. I just want more of it, but it's not that perfect. feeling. It's that feeling of being back, you know, home. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially Rogue One because Rogue One was like original trilogy. We're not here to talk about that. Though. It's, it's. I think it's underrated. Okay. All right. <laughs> Another podcast. Uh, yeah. It's funny. The the one thing that kept coming to my mind was a fan fictiony element to it. Mm-hmm. But I felt like that wasn't a fair criticism, and I, and I thought about it for a while. Uh, because 
you know, the movie has a lot of happy endings and, you know, it, it goes that way. But then I thought, well, we know Julian and he loves to give happy endings and that was true of the show and stuff. So as much as this may feel like a little playing to the, the you know, the fans and, you know, trying to make them happy, that's what Julian has always done. So mm-hmm. it's unfair to say like, oh, all of a sudden this is like fan fiction or anything like that. Um I do, I, I do think, though, he made it a, a few leaps to get there, though, with the time constraints and how much he had to juggle in the film. Uh, yeah, but then it was... Some of it was so... Handled so, like, choppy. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and, and you know, I guess we've been spoiler-free thus far, and I, I want to say, if you're tuning into this review and you haven't seen the movie yet, probably want to sign off soon, because we're going we're gonna to talk about sign it. off now don't listen until you see the movie yeah exactly what are you, you downloaded it you've given us our play thank mm-hmm. you appreciate turn it, it off <laughs> go see the movie and come back yeah see it again um hey we'll tell you all about it when we see it again it's been a long time it's well has it <laughs> well it's just a song called see you again right that, yeah yeah it's been a long road well where do we begin with the movie what would you say was your favorite thing in the movie altogether i i Alec will tell you, mm-hmm. I was laughing hysterically for multiple parts where no one else in the theater was laughing. Okay. I, every, I have a okay. feeling, let me, can I guess? Yeah. Was it the assassination attempt? No, okay. not the assassination attempt. Okay. Um, it was the the furnace guy. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> he came on like he, it looked like Army Hammer should have been playing this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you've seen the movie, it's the guy that comes in and works on the furnace and then Andy sabotages the furnace, and he comes back again to fix the furnace. And he's just like, you know, he looks like Gaston or something like that. Like he's got the thick <laughs> forearms, real thick and, forearms. And every time he's on the screen, he like turns and winks at Daisy. He keep, he goes he goes a click and is like, he does that. He literally does that in the film, which is something you've done, Dave, many times. But I didn't. I guess that was the thing back in the twenties. Yeah, you just woke up Lando. He was asleep. And oh, he, we have a cat in the room. Yeah, just Lando's sleeping right next to Corey. Uh, yeah, that that guy, he definitely had designs for Daisy. Uh, didn't go that way. I don't, did, I don't think he... I don't he know, had, did he have designs for Daisy, or is he just a, a, a flirt? I mean, maybe he's a flirt. He made eyes at her, for sure. Oh, he definitely made eyes at her, but I don't know mm-hmm. if he was like... And he didn't see Daisy and go, endgame. Right, right. But we've, we've realized that Daisy and Andy are engaged in some capacity, but mm-hmm. have not made any plans for their wedding. So this guy comes in, and every time he comes in, he's like, All right, I'll help you fix your furnace. And then he turns around and he like winks and smiles. He's like, oh, I'm a manly man. I can handle that. And then he walks away and Andy's like. Yeah, I did like Andy's uh, frustrated response to that man being around. (laughs) Yeah, like when he goes up to Daisy and Patmore and he's like, I fixed the furnace. And Andy's like, you don't tell them that. Mm -hmm. You tell Hughes that. Yeah, yeah. But that was your favorite parts of the movie? (laughs) Oh, that. And I was cackling to myself. At the wine cellar scene with Bates having one hand in his pocket with the idea to 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 debilitate the royal staff and let, let them mm-hmm. the way that Bates was standing in that scene and he was so maniacal. I thought it was so funny. Well, well that gets to one thing that gave me a little bit of pause at the beginning of the film. I you know you know we've been with the show for the past eighteen months watching it, mm-hmm. and we I feel like we know the actors and how they play the characters and everything. I felt there was a little disconnect from how we left them versus how their the actors were performing as the characters in this. Time has also passed, and according to what we're supposed to believe, aside from a few characters, everyone's kind of had a chipper. Mm-hmm. 
So it kind of makes sense to me that there's a little more glee in what they're, you know, their day to day. Yeah. But, but like that Bates thing, like you said, the way he's standing, we, I just, date, Bates is always a little bit more dour. I guess having a kid maybe change you, uh, but it, yeah, it's just a little weird. Well, I mean, you saw him. Brandon Coyle, that booze is showing. He put Dude, on some pounds. When he was holding the kid, did you see how sweaty his face looked? He was so sweaty holding Those were that the kid. beer sweats, man. He <laughs> needed his fix. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, he he looks sweaty. We did not get a lot enough Bates. Uh, 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 it was true. No, but- I, th- I think this is an ensemble movie of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time we see Bates on screen, it's like at a table and he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, no way am I going to put up with this treatment of John Bates. So, I yeah, I wasn't sure how to react to that because, A, is this is just like another episode. Everyone's just in the house doing their thing. Mm-hmm. B, this is also a movie, and they should have their you know grand introduction. And you know the crowd would have gone wild if there was some huge introduction for Bates, and we weren't given that. He was just sitting at a table. Um, well, we were not given a lot of grand introductions mm-hmm. to the no. point where... Only one. Only one late in the film. Grand. All right, that wasn't. Even but it's grand. an introduction, yeah. And that so like most of the characters, even Edith, the trailer shows them pull up in a car. Mm-hmm. In the movie, you just have Cora call her. Yeah. Don't have both sides of that conversation on screen, and it makes the entrance grand. Yeah. The fact that you have Edith in um, the, the, the car, the castle, wherever oh, yeah. it is that she lives, talking to Cora on the phone, and we see her, mm-hmm. it shows that you know. This is just another day for for Julian. Mm-hmm. For us, this is this is our this is our bread and butter. Right. Well, I don't even know if that's Julian so much as the the director who directed a handful of episodes, but is mostly known for TV work. He hasn't mm-hmm. done that many films. It is very TV. Yeah. I mean, there are sweeping shots that you know. Oh, there makes was some it feel beautiful shot. Sure. It was it was elevated. It makes the film feel more cinematic, but it definitely feels like directed by a TV director. Um, yeah, and that's fine to an extent. But going back, circling all the way back to the disconnect with coming back to down after the show, I felt it most with actually with Hugh a little bit with Robert, where I when he announces that the royalty is coming to Downton, it's done so matter of factly. I don't feel like Robert, the Robert I know from the show, would have downplayed it that much. I think he would have been a little bit more pleasantly surprised. And they, they do have moments later where he says to Cora. Oh, I'm so excited that they're coming and everything. But in that moment, it just feels so lowballed where mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's how it would be delivered. Yeah. And also, I think that that scene in particular, as um, Rip and Ring for Tea right up, when they say exposition breakfast, mm-hmm. where they just set the table and set the table. Yeah. That is what that was. And they're like, oh, yeah, on their tour of Yorkshire. Why mm-hmm. not just say, they're going on a tour of Yorkshire? Oh my God, we didn't know that. Right, because that was a big thing. I think when that happened, like it wasn't like the normal. All, all you got to do is just say they're going on a tour of Yorkshire and they're stopping here, and then fast forward three months. Right, and right. you get the excitement of that scene. You don't be like, oh, okay. Like I, I'm not saying Hugh underplayed it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the script underplayed it. For sure, for sure. I do think some of Julian's tendencies from season six are true here, where he didn't write much for Robert, didn't write much for Bates. Focused a lot on like the major players from the downstairs, and then on the the sisters. Uh, but he didn't. All, I don't feel like the sisters got their due diligence. Until I don't think Mary film. got her due diligence at all. Until late in the film. Until very late in the film. Right, and I think that speaks to the rush uh, motion of the movie. But uh, it also feels like just another day at Downton kind of thing, like a special day a at bit. Downton. A little bit. And even Edith didn't get too too much, but. Mm-hmm. 
Do we want to just get into the movie as we can remember it? Because obviously we didn't take notes. No, did not did not take notes at all. I was watching it though, and I, it it was an odd feeling because I'm so used to pausing down and scribbling down notes and everything. Whereas this is like it's going. And it's That's like, why I think I couldn't control like how how silly some of the stuff I thought was. Yeah, I was because I, usually I would pause it and be like, "Who is this? Who is Army Hammer? You mm-hmm. know, who is this Herculean man mm-hmm. fixing the furnace? Oh, I'll be here all day. You know, right. like." I would have paused it, and then I would have sat Got on that the character's name, and then I would have like not just been like, "All right, this train keeps rolling." Oh, as soon as the movie ended, I pulled out my phone and started putting together my power rankings. And if anyone looked at my phone, they would have thought I'm a crazy person numbering names of the characters next to each other up and down. I will say, I, I sent a tweet that people recognized us, and we were signing autographs. That was an exaggeration. <laughs> no one recognized us in the theater, and exa- slipped right in. I mean, if they did, they were very humble. <laughs> And did yeah. not approach right. the celebrities in the theater. Right. I I don't <laughs> think anyone knew who I was. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I had the the murderers row of of Downton of Lords of Grantham, you know, history with Alec Connor and Kevin with me. Past uh yeah. Uh, and I I don't I you know show. people would have if you knew the gang you would have been oh my god that's the guy who showed up without his <laughs> pants on the podcast at one yeah. time. Uh so. Yeah, we can get it. I mean, let me just say my, my favorite moment. Well, let's just get into the, the well the start of the movie. Let's get into the plot because it ties mm-hmm. into my favorite thing in the movie, aside from the score. Uh, we get a man that we don't know going on a train to uh, the Downton Abbey area. We, we don't know why, but we later find out it's a man planning to assassinate royalty. I was dying laughing when this assassination attempt took place in the movie because I was like, what is this? What are we watching this was, here? This was episode one, episode... This was season seven, episode one, ending. Right. Season seven, episode two begins with the... After that. Right. It was. It's so just not down to go that far on a leap where and, someone is assassinating someone. And the thing is, I understood the fear of him being like a, a sort of agent of the government checking mm-hmm. on Branson who has a history of radicalism and republicanism. Right. I get it. That's a real thing that would happen. They would send mm-hmm. somebody to vet Branson and be like, hey, you got these tendencies still? Mm-hmm. You a bad guy? You gonna throw cow poop? You mm-hmm. almost did it before. You gonna do it? You burned down a mansion. Don't think we don't know. Right. It, it, they And they slowly dragged this out for like the first 45 minutes, hour of the film, where it's like, I don't understand what this guy's doing here. Why does Branson keep talking to him? That really perplexed me. It's like, why does Branson keep talking to him? And then he later says like, well, obviously they sent him to come look at me. And then Branson connects like, oh, this guy's going to try to assassinate the, the royalty. Well, I mean, he doesn't right. connect it so subtly. It's like, I'm going out for drinks with this guy to sort of figure out what he is. And so he knows that I'm not going to cause right. trouble. And the guy's like... Would you want to cause trouble? Yeah. And, and I think this plotline is emblematic of the two, I think, biggest missteps with the film, which is, A, trying to go maybe too big for the movie uh, with, with this whole like assassination thing that just is not doubting, really. And then, B, they resolve the plotline within the first hour of the film, and then... And then give Branson a whole other plot. Right. So it's like they are trying to stuff multiple episodes in this film, and it's like... Do we do we really even need this assassination plot? I would rather had less of that and just more of Lucy. Bran- yeah, Branson getting to know this Lucy character and romancing her because that's what I'm here for is the mm-hmm. romance and stuff. I'm not here for something out of Agent Gates, a comic book about. Oh, I Down was Abbey. absolutely thinking about Agent Gates yeah. as that was playing out. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say as someone that uh, has given money to funds that have 
are not fans of the British control of the Irish, mm-hmm. if that guy pulled the trigger, I would have gotten up and cheered. <laughs> you would have been down for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little Tarantino-esque t- change of this. Imagine if the whole Downton movie is them like, oh no, our whole house has been scorned because our son-in-law had dinner with this guy who murdered the king at right. the pub. Yeah. That would have been the best. That's an <laughs> alternate movie. They, they do tow, uh, Jillian does tow a, a certain interesting line here where he kind of keep, he keeps Branson on his own. Like, I love the family. I don't necessarily agree with their politics and stuff like that. Uh, but he also knows you can't just murder royalty, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there is one moment where Branson says, like, I kind of get their politics, but he's not. He's still not there. He's still he, Branson. He's like, what, am I going to scream? Right. And the guy's like, oh, no, baby. Yeah. It we is go, a- we're going to kill him. <laughs> this guy coming from New Orleans, like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know what's going down. He's here. a Bayou boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make them feel feel in the plums what's going to go down. Well, I think that you're th- this character. What is his name? Henry Major, something? Major Major Bentley or whatever. Something Lascelles. I don't know. Sure. I I just went off of IMDb. It's Major. He's something. he's being treated like bait almost. Where he's our supposed he like walks into Yorkshire, gets a grand entrance gets, in the movie, gets, walks into the hotel room, and I'm thinking like. When they show this guy on a train, it's like, is it like Birdie? Is mm-hmm. it like Bates? Is it Carson? Is it any? No, it's a random character who we don't know. And, and it, lends, it lends an odd structural like layout to the film where it starts with this one character and that stuff is completely removed by the middle of the film. And then it ends with two other characters that had nothing to do with that. So it, mm-hmm. it's a little odd the way that that whole thing just plays out. I think that was the biggest misstep of the movie was this plot. Yeah, I mean, I was laughing though because I was like, "This is ridiculous," and I think I even like the people around me were kind of like cackling too because it's just like, "This is this is far out there." But, but okay, I, I did like we that. Went there. You know, like Mary sees Branson, she's like, "I thought you were gonna do something." He's like, "No, I was trying to save you." When he's beating this guy up, like he's like, "Take the gun." It's like, "What?" And they say, "Is this gonna make the papers?" And he says, "No." I do like though that Branson got back in shape though because he was looking pretty chubby at the end of season six this one he looks ripped he is back oh he's back he's back in the Downton Groove and that was one thing I noticed about a lot of the characters in this movie like everyone looked in their best shape like everyone had been Every, hitting everyone? the gym aside from Bates aside from Bates but like even Patmore she looked great like people people looked like they were like the movie's coming gotta hit the gym gotta do a little bit they looked like their best selves oh yeah, yeah. everyone was, was they you looked, know they looked cinematic Yep. Even, even even Bates in a, in his uh, dad bod, dad bod Bates is a little bit appropriate. Yeah. He he you know he's he's got a kid. That happens to you. Yeah. Uh and has been cooking good at home. <laughs> good for him. Uh so I guess uh that's what kicks off the movie and then from there That's what th- kicks off the movie for the first hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all tied into this whole royalty visiting. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, I like that we meet the queen and we're established that the queen is a character pretty early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not like the big, again, big reveals in the movie. In the trailer, make it out like, here they are, to the fact that they show Mosley, like, you know, having a tough time breathing with the royalty around. Mm-hmm. But then they have the scene with, with the queen and Lady Bagshaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we all know and love from Harry Potter f- 6? 5. Five. Umber- Dolores Umbridge is five, yeah. Jim Carter's real-life wife, but mm-hmm. she... Lady Bagshaw is a nice little lady. Yeah. It, it's, it, it has an interesting storyline that I feel would have played out great across the season, but in the movie, I feel like is given a disservice. Uh, man, I'm really being critical of the movie, but I mean, I like the storylines. I like the threads. I just wasn't crazy over how all of it was handled. 
but it's also kind of a retread of a Downton story. So I don't mm-hmm. think I think the fact that we kind of rush through all the the elements of it is she's sort of a combination of every Downton problem with all the female characters. Mm-hmm. So she has this maid Lucy, mm-hmm. and she wants to leave Lucy the money, her inheritance. And that is her problem. She's a distant cousin of the family. Mm-hmm. So let's break down Lady Bagshaw's dilemma. So she is a distant cousin. Mm-hmm. But we got a little Matthew Isabel action. Sure. Detached from the family. Again, there's a little disdain about inheritance. Mm-hmm. Reeks of Matthew. Illegitimate child, Lucy. Edith. Okay. Where else? Where You know, I had some... There's, There's... She's very much oh, and a uh, uh, forbidden love interest. She's full of drama. She's full. She's of drama. very violent. That's a very um, Kurrigan situation. Mm-hmm. Somebody that she was out of her, you know, class. So I think she's a nice little package that we've already seen before, but in a different version. Right. So I don't, you know, I think she's fine. Yeah, I, I think it's just more so her interactions with with Violet in the film, where it's all about. Violet trying to get on her good side and there it's all played for comedy and I felt that way with Violet throughout a lot of the movie where it's just like everything she says is a little witty barb and like I mean that's true of that character it's elevated it's definitely elevated well how did the crowd react what when she's like giving every all, single zinger? I mean, they loved it. They ate it up. Had LOL. Julian knows what he's doing, man. He 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 knows. I would love to see Julian at a test screening. Like every time someone laughs, like Bravo! I've done it again. <laughs> yeah, one dollar, two dollars. <laughs> Just making it rain in the little booth. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and. I I just felt like there just needed a little more breathing room for that for that for like, the Bagshaw stuff. Yeah, to like understand their history together and mm-hmm. then like just not having to be also, comedy every time. Also, the so basically Isabel is the one that just says like, "So Lucy's your daughter, right?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "How did you figure it out?" It's like, "Well, no, duh." We've I, all and I think you want to humanize the situation. Say like, "We've been through it at Downton." Yeah. There's that, some scandal. That was a great moment, though. I did love when they brought in Isabel to do that because that is a perfect use of her with her, like you know, righteousness, but also just her doing the right thing softness. at the right time. She's, yeah, she's very warm. Right. She and she's well intended. Right yeah. And she's like, if you just tell Violet, it's gonna be fine. It, it's funny. It, it's probably the best use of her in the movie, especially with her consoling uh, Violet too along the way, because she does nothing with Merton. And considering we yeah. got like in the ten minute preview before the movie, like, oh yeah, she's with Merton. They don't do. He's just there. He's just a warm body. <laughs> hey man, he's got that anemia. Couldn't they just had Clarkson show up at some point? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just still hung up on this. Clearly, but Clarkson you, show up on some point. Dr. You're telling Clarkson, me they thwart an assassination attempt, and we're just given some cop. Right, right, and there's also a sergeant. Could have been Sergeant Willis. Right, and they even have a sergeant in the film, and it's not the Sergeant Willis that we know from the show. We know Sergeant Willis is a local cop. Yeah. Why couldn't that have been the sergeant when they go to the police station later in the film? Uh, but, Doctor, don't they go to, like, a hospital? Some, they have things with the crowd or whatever. Where they're, they're talking with the public. Mm-hmm. Can't Dr. Dr. Clarkson just be there and be like, Isabel, what up? <laughs> Bring it back. Anyways, so Merton's there. He's not used. I, sh- I mean, he didn't keep fit his role. It's an ensemble movie. I don't yeah. expect anything from Merton because all Merton is is a obstacle for Isabel. Anyways, Isabel's there. Good moments for her. Not much. But Not much. Enough. Yeah. But uh, and good re- repartee with uh with Violet though. So I mean, as much as it all is just a little bit 
for jokes. It's good. So the Bagshaw plot. So Bagshaw is basically like the queen's friend on the road, right? Right. That's, That's what, her yeah. role. Yep. A companion. Lady in service, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it resolves with her just deciding to give the money to her kids and, you know, Isabel telling Violet, like, that's just what it is. You know, the, you'll never understand. And Robert's kind of like, he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't need yeah, Robert more. is fine. I'm rich already. I don't need more money. And Robert is very much in the, the world of, like, this is going to be gone in a, in a couple generations. So, like, who cares? Right. I'm right. living my life. <laughs> just deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that that is kind of, like, its own plot line. So, that, like, I let's just keep it all in the, in the same thing. Okay. Lucy. Her daughter slash maid, controversy mm-hmm. maid, her marigold. Yeah. She got a thing for Tom Branson. Right. She comes in midway through the movie uh, and then they make it clear immediately what her deal is because Branson just does a double take. There's a lot of a lot of turning at the camera from Robert Branson mm-hmm. and the furnace repairman. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of like, <laughs> so did I see? Branson like lets her there. Then talks to her like once, and then mm-hmm. talks to her again, and then he's in love with her. I mean, that's just how it works sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we never know what happened with that editor at the end of season six. Doesn't matter. Yeah, they make a point of say, of detaching the Downton universe from that newspaper. What did they say? How did they do that? I may There's that. a scene where Edith is contemplating her standing where she's like, I hate having meetings with 30 people who I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've had to step away from this newspaper that I love because of all of my social oh, standings. I miss that. And it's like a very sort of why can't Edith have what Edith wants because of Birdie situation. And well, can we get into that? Cause that's pretty much her entire plot line of the movie. Yeah. Or do we finish off Branson? I mean, Branson. Well, rom- okay. Yeah. So Branson, he, he stops the assassination attempt uh, and then he romances his Lucy and then and he gives, gives her a little smooch. Yeah. And, and then says, I'm gonna write you. Yeah. You can write me. Branson gets a lot of screen time in this movie. Yeah. We get to see the shop. Yeah. It's really, well, really. Ta- Talbot is in Chicago. For most of the film. Yep. But it's a fully built out shop. It's a, It looks like he's doing well for himself. Yeah. We see the Michelin man in the background. Yeah. I I, I feel like when I, when I was watching this movie, I felt like Branson is just getting the Matthew role, essentially. Like, I mean, he was already doing that on, on the show. But what was Matthew good filming that he couldn't show up until two thirds of the way through the movie? Matthew? Matthew Good. Oh, I wasn't talking about him. I'm talking about Matthew the character. I'm, I'm just speculating. Why Why wasn't he in more of this movie? We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> So, Matthew the character, though. Uh, Julian is writing this movie so much as like, look, we don't have him. Let's just make Branson the romantic guy. He's handsome. Uh, he, he's back in shape. He's back in shape. He's flexing. And, and like, he literally is, I think he gets the most screen time of any character in this movie, I feel like. I think of any single character, yeah, probably. Which is an interesting take because... I mean, I feel like you could do so much more with Robert and stuff like that, but there is, I guess, there's just something about the romance there that, that Julian loves. He loves love, so mm-hmm. he's just like, I'm going to go all in on this guy. Um, smart choice. He, play, he plays it well. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I do feel like it's a little earned at the end of the movie when he's dancing with Lucy, you know. Like, Outside, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a sweet note. That was, it was a very good scene. Yeah, yeah. I, you, could, you could feel the... The happy emotions of the crowd. Even when he was telling on. her, like, can I write you? It was like, oh, that's romantic, you know? He's uh, like, hey, I want to write you a letter. By the way, I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> right now. Book <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do like that he's like, it's been seven years since Sybil's been gone. So they put a nice little timestamp on. Right. And that was nice. He's been a lonely boy for a long time, aside mm-hmm. from that one crooked maid. 
And, and there is a we one of the actually best moments in the movie too is Branson approaching the princess, uh, sitting by her lonesome outside Downton. Oh yeah, because she's trying. She's complaining because her husband is so uptight. Right. We briefly see him. He seems like a dud. Like straight up, like mean. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. He doesn't want her hanging around Get the kids. Get our kids out of this room. They don't come in here until after six. Right. And it's like, are you coming to the thing tomorrow? No. <laughs> this guy like, sounds I'll like. See if I want to show up. <laughs> Bruh. Uh, don't want any business with him. But uh, Branson doesn't even know he's talking to the princess when he consoles her, and he kind of just gives. He doesn't even really ask her much questions so much as just tell his life story to her and mm-hmm. she's like i'm so glad i talked to you to the point where she's like you go this the king she says to the king like you gotta go talk to tom branson he's like the republican Ugh, okay. and then he goes and branson punches him in the face and kicks him and then shoots him four times and yeah. goes to jail yeah it was, it was kind of wild when people reacted <laughs> he's to that. like i'm back baby <laughs> uh but that did not happen um he pieces together. Oh, I was talking to the princess. Whoops. Uh, I like that he's like, I just don't know who any of you people are. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Uh, um, but good moment. Good yeah, moment. sure. It was fine. Yeah. it uh, was. I like that scene. I, um, I, having no connection to the British royalty, I think mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Whatever. And it's also just a smart use of Julian like, using that character. It's like, yeah, okay. That's a good way to connect dots there. Um, yeah, very tropey. Oh, little did he know he right. was talking to. But again, all this Branson. And then the princess, what she comes to conclude from talking to Branson, which I thought was going to lead, you know, because his whole thing was like, you know, I did my own thing and it led my own life and it led me here, which is great. It led her to the conclusion that she needs to give another go with her dud husband. Which yeah, I, she, I, and I like at the her, her arc and the fact that they gave her an arc was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But she was like. We need to be more of... We need to find things we both like. Right. I was like, like pardon? So what has your relationship been like prior to this? Yeah, I was like, did I mishear this? Because it seems like this guy you should not be with. And if you listen to Branson's speech, I don't think he intended for that. To, I don't... I, he didn't have any intention behind his speech, but I didn't see it going this direction. But okay, good luck having another yeah, shot Yeah, this that. is a historical character, so we <laughs> can't have a divorce. Tar- Unless Branson just shot all of them. All the royalty. Just, <laughs> just bang, Tarantino bang, bang. and change it. Change that <laughs> ending. Like... I, I just hope that guy became better with her. Yeah. Whatever. I, I need to do my research on royalty, clearly. No, we, we, no yeah. you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that plot line. Let's let's hop to Edith then. From Branson to Edith. She pregnant. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, we don't see much of her early on in the film because she doesn't live there anymore. No. And then it's literally in the last quarter of this movie where she they introduce this plot line of... What's that the last quarter? I feel like it's the last chunk. Last third. Uh, where she's like, yeah, I don't feel like it myself anymore having to entertain these people. Oh, well, that's not the pregnancy plot. The pregnancy no. plot's a little before then. A little before then, but even then, it's like kind of a thing she just throws out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she throws that out there because Birdie gets asked to go with the king to Africa? Yeah. Which and she's it, like, by the way, I might be pregnant, and he's like, okay, we gotta tell this. It's it's uh, This is Julian playing to the ladies. I guess. Because Birdie's like, Oh, and she's like, you're not going to be here for the birth of our child. Of course, you don't know what it's like to raise a child because you're a man. And all the women in the theater go, whoo, whoo, whoo. I mean, that's men a- don't know what it's like. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's plausible from anyone. Because when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that seems plausible. Why would you leave when your wife is pregnant? I understand why Edith is upset and why yeah, he but, doesn't get it. But it's written to the point that he's a buffoon. And then he goes to tell the king and the king's like, good for you, chap. And then the spoiler alert is that the queen is like. Talk some sense into the king, mm-hmm. and the king's like, well, you're not going to have... I'm not going to bring you with me. We'll find something else for you. 
Yeah, we have uh, good to have like. These and then kids you find out like Cora talked to the queen. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I get that understanding of her being annoyed at him leaving. But then it just takes that sharp left turn where she's like, my life is nothing like it was and I don't know if I enjoy it. It's like, where is this coming from? We don't have much time left in this movie from what I've already seen here. And and it's totally justified, I think. It's justified, but it felt, again, of this rushed attitude of the movie of just dumping a plot line out of nowhere on Mm -hmm. here when it could have been played out a little bit more. Yeah, or, you know, like, don't do the baby plot, do the where's my place in this world plot. Right, exactly. Um, but it, re- it resolves nicely, yeah. With the uh, Bert, Birdie gets the time off. <laughs> yeah, he know he knows better. He's like, yeah, I'll be there. I can't do this, but like, hey, maybe we're at my kid. We'll connect to this other kid. Great. So good for that couple. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's good for them. Good for them. I wish they had. I again, if they just remove this assassination plot, they could have some more time with Edith to like just show her like alone at the home or like dealing with these people and not enjoying it. Don't don't show or don't, bring her to Downton to do that. Right. Bring her to Downton to complain to Cora. Well, no, I, I think it's there's room here to show us and not tell us. Uh, which oh is, yeah, or yeah. she shows up to Downton and it's like, you know, they make it like she, they can get away without having a maid and all these people come with them. Mm-hmm. But then it's like at the same time, there's still all these duties that they have to do. So you you can't make it like they're progressive, but then they're stuck. Right. It's a tough line to toe, and I don't think they the they're victims of the ensemble. The fact that they are not given as much time as they need. And that's true of Mary, because let's get let's get to Mary. Okay. She follows Branson around. Yeah, she's concerned about this party being thrown. The only one who seems to be worried about this party happening without mm-hmm. a without a problem, because yeah, she's the one who watches out for everything at the house. She makes she's making sure everything's going great. Doesn't doesn't really do much. No, I mean not she's, really. she's kind of like watching. The only thing she does is pull Carson into the plot, and we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, but, and she doesn't really. She's sort of waiting for T- Talbot to get back, mm-hmm. and we doesn't she like reveal? We don't find out the name of the daughter. Like I was thinking the, in the movie, mm-hmm. she's got a, another kid that we don't even know about, right? Because the season six ends with her being pregnant, and then I think she says her name at the end of the movie, and I totally forget what it was at this point. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, "What about the future for this person and or for George and whatever the daughter's name is?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, you forget that she even has that other kid. I mean, typical Mary. It, she, it snuck into my head. I was like, "She's still a terrible parent." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Typical Mary, not the best parent. Uh, but again, it's very late in the film where she's like talking to Anna, like. What do I need to do? I want to stay here at Downton. What What is the future of Downton? And it's like and Anna just has the boss mode where she's like, "Look, we all are employed. This town exists because of this house." That, so that, like, and that's stop. a great Anna moment. But also this like concern is like I get it's baked into like the whole story of Downton. Like how much time is left for a place like this? Mm-hmm. But it, that concern just comes out of nowhere for me when watching that movie from mm-hmm. Mary. Uh, I just I didn't buy into that. But it does play in to the Dowager's plot. Right. Which, aside from the Bagshaw stuff and being humbled because she realizes it's an illegitimate child mm-hmm. and all that stuff, she goes to London to spend the afternoon with Rosamond. But it's surprise! Briefly mentioned, very briefly mentioned in the movie. It's like, oh yeah, I gotta remember, she did go, disappear to London earlier in this film. It's not for some reason. to visit Rosamond. Nope. And we get no Rosamond in, Rosamond in the movie either. She... Who would definitely be there at Downton for this kind of event? Rosamond would totally show up. Anyways. She's sick. Yeah. She doesn't have long for this world. Uh, Just to have the biggest emotional scene in the whole movie? Yeah. How how did your crowd react to it, Dave? And we reacted. You know? (laughs) It was kind of a somber moment. Everyone was holding each other's hands. Yeah, I mean... Strangers holding hands with strangers. (laughs) It's the only way to get through these times sometimes. Um, I I felt it. It was was affecting. 
I definitely thought it was a little disingenuous, if I may say so. And I will go as far as to say the purpose of this scene was in the event that Maggie Smith dies or doesn't agree to do the second movie. I disagree. They have a way out for her. I don't think it's that clean cut. I think it circles back to what Julian had said when we saw those interviews where he says there always has to be a melancholy with all the happiness. Mm -hmm. And so every character has happiness and everything. But he has to insert something unhappy into the movie or something sad to kind of go with it. Cause that's... I, I think the choice of that being the thing is because of Maggie Smith being old. <laughs> I think the choice of that being a thing is because we don't have enough time in this movie to really make anything else work. Let's yeah. just slip and, and that we can't, in there. we can't have a death in the movie per se. Right. In this movie. Yeah. Because the thing is, you look at that scene... It's very removed from everything else in the movie. They, it's Mary's, literally they yeah. walk away from the action. Right, to have Mary's this like, scene. I need to go talk to uh, to Maggie Smith. Bye, and, and they're like, Who's Maggie Smith? Like, oh, I missed on my line. <laughs> yeah, so they do it in the side room, and it's and it's like, I almost wonder, did they make this last minute, or was this always like part of the plan? Because it's like, I think this was always part of the. I think this was definitely in Jul- Julian's original set, script, so like, no uh, one else knew about point. it. I guess uh, it just seems so removed from everything else in the film. That it just has to be there. Mm-hmm. And, I'm and, sure- and I, I think I will go into a second viewing of this movie with the lens of she's dying. Mm-hmm. How does how is she how is her are her actions reflective of someone who doesn't have long for this planet? Right. Yeah. And that's I'm curious about that. But this is a very good scene where, you know, the dowager's like you know, Downton is in good hands, and she says, well, my father, and she goes, I'm not talking about Robert, you fool. I'm talking about you. <laughs> You're going to be raising all this stuff. And then she makes the point where she says, Downton's different than it was for my grandmother. Yeah. And that was very sweet. A nice little generational moment, and mm-hmm. I admire, I thought it was a good scene. I did like how she's like, you are me, and it's like, oh, I can easily see how Mary ends up to being like an old Violet, just let's, like... Hey, fast forward 40 years, let's get 70-year-old... Michelle Dockery is sniping at people in this what forty years from the twenties, so in the sixties, mm-hmm. being an old lady. <laughs> the Beatles. What are the Beatles? The, the bugs this... outside. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for inviting me into your house. I'm Paul McCartney. Ooh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's do <laughs> let's it. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, that that's most of the upstairs. I mean, Cora is on the sidelines. I mean, she she's helping out, just helping out, pretty helping much. Out. Well, I think the big thing with. The Mary thing that they say is she's working hard as the agent. Yeah. And there's the scene where there's a downpour and they need to move the chairs and it's, is this what I want? It's like, yeah, get wet. You can be wet. That's where Merton comes in and he helps set up chairs. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, that whole thing, because like, we're not used to seeing them actually do physical work, so then to be thrown out the chairs like, what is this coming from? Yeah, that's like on that note of physical work, the movie needed some physicality, which is why the assassination attempt happened. I guess, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, maybe that was their concern. There wasn't enough motion with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, Cora does stuff in the movie where, you know, she's helping out the, the princess and moving that stuff along, right? The the She's there. I can't remember, Yeah, she talks really. to the queen. She's, just, she talk, she's, yeah. a, she's an ensemble member. Yeah, pretty much. Aside from that, that's most of the upstairs, right? Yeah. Don't we do get a reference to like Sprat and Danker, right? Don't we? No. I thought there was like some reference to like I think they help. say something like... Yeah, her help, but it's never by name. Right. Uh, yeah, but that's that's mostly upstairs for the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, serviceable enough for for you know like another extended episode. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when the dowager passes away, mm-hmm. do Robert and Cora move into the the 
Crawley House? Good question. And then Mary and George and Talbot have the run of Downton Abbey. I, yeah, I just guess. Just turns into a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, right? He just builds that. Talbot's entrance is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, the, we haven't even <laughs> talked about that yet. Well, no, that was the only one where I felt like, oh, this is just like the character that we saw from last season, where he comes in and just le- leaps out of the car and sprints upstairs to his wife. Which he's, he, he does. That's his character. He does yeah. that. And then he's, he's just like, like, what up, girl? I'm home. <laughs> Yeah, he's Matthew Good. That's a, that, I mean, that is what Talbot is. He's Matthew Good, the actor, and mm-hmm. he plays that role well. And, uh, you know, she asked him at the end of the movie, do you want to stay down? He's like, well, I thought I was stuck with this. What do I know? He's like, I can leave? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> he jumps off. Car goes off a jump, flips <laughs> over. And he just, I like the thing where, where in the again, to jump back to this 10-minute thing where it's like, and then Matthew died in a car accident, and they just mm-hmm. show dead Matthew. That was so they do that with Talbot. I, what are you talking about? The thing before the movie with Phyllis yeah, Logan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. show him, and then he dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's most officers. I wish there was more Matthew Good uh, in the movie. Yeah. I, obviously, Scheduling he was filming counselor. elsewhere. Yeah, because yeah, they just write it like, oh, he's in Chicago. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, I guess. But the real thing is it's pretty clear he's just got other work to do because he's a busy actor. Yeah. Um, so downstairs. Yeah. Mosley's like, I want in. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he comes rushing in. Yo, there. he's like sweating. And then, I like the scene when Mosley comes. He's like, "Can I put on my my serving outfit to do this? Please, 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 please. I would love to. I would love mm-hmm. to." And then Thomas is like, "We'll see. Everybody go home. It's late." And then Mosley well, leaves. So it's like he ran to the house. This is very mm-hmm. classic Mosley. Uh-huh. Runs to the house just to be sort of ushered away moments later. Right. I I, I, I it's funny seeing him live because he see, again in Downton he seems like he always has less hair in Downton I don't know if he's like shaved and in, in real life he's very composed and sweet right. as in Downton he's supposed to be very disheveled and sort of mm-hmm. falling apart and pulling himself together as he goes I was actually fearing that something much worse is going to happen for him in terms of embarrassing himself with the royalty but everything with Mosley in this movie, I felt was Mosley was perfect. Mosley was given so much freaking time. Yeah, if Branson gets so much upstairs, Mosley gets so much downstairs, and I think I think it's earned. I think he really acquits himself really well in the movie. And I, I think Mosley Mosley is like the random side character in the Marvel movie that everybody loves so much that they mm-hmm. want to see. Like he's more like the Ant Man in Gun. He's Ant Man in Endgame. I feel like that. He's like, Michael Pena in Ant Man. Sure. For people who know what we're talking about, everybody knows Marvel. If you don't know Marvel and you're listening, if you look at our demographics, I don't know if they all know Marvel. <laughs> well, you should. Uh, it's part of the zeitgeist. Okay. And but anyways, it, Mosley gets a lot more screen time than you would expect. He's the court jester. We need him around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that moment when it comes to a screeching halt on the film, when he tells the people that you've been served by Downton, <laughs> everyone died. He laughing. served the subpoena. <laughs> so well played. So well played. Well, it, well, that's the the whole point of the downstairs is they they drug and lock up the royal staff mm-hmm. to make way for them to do things. Right, but I just want to go back to that because I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it more. But just that moment where the camera zooms in on Mosley and they it dawns on him what a fool of himself he's made. That was the only piece where I felt like they actually used the cinematic element of the movie for you know good because like they, you would never see that in the regular show where they gently push in on mm-hmm. Mosley's face to, like realize what he's happening it was the only thing that felt actually like cinematic oh and that was that um, was aside from the dolly shots and everything else that was perfect 
Yeah. Oh, and the, the, and the, the time, they, they let mm-hmm. it breathe so much. Yeah. And then he goes to do his little bow, and it's so slow and awkward. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's looking at him. <laughs> right. And you see, like, Carson's face and Robert's face, and then, oh, it, it was amazing. It was perfect. Right. And then the queen is like, well, thank Mrs. Patmore. And I was just thinking to that, the scene with the shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, well, this let's guy. run it back now. Yeah. Like, yeah, talk about. So there's the the shop. The whole thing is how important it is that they're serving the royalty. Yeah, and the shopkeeper it would never happen. They never expected this. The to shopkeeper is like so thrilled, and they're like, they don't have the heart to tell him that they're providing food, mm-hmm. and so that that whole thing bleeds into everybody feeling how important this is. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that the queen said Mrs. Patmore's name is it's so significant, f- very significant. Yeah, uh, yeah, that mostly seems great. So everyone, they they. The royal staff are so perfectly played as these monster heels. Oh yeah, yeah. This is these are the monsters of the Downton Abbey. Movie. They're awful. Uh, the Mr. Wilson, uh, he's is that the bald guy? Yeah, he he take, he assumes what would be Carson's role uh, because so we, as we see early in the movie, uh, Carson's just doing he's pulling carrots on, on his land. He's just farming, doing nothing. And you know what? Looks like retirement has basically made the the palsy go away. Yeah, he looks he looks good. Carson looks. Jim he, Carter's looking. His hair is a little gray. His tan is fantastic in the oh, movie. He's, he's laying out. He's sunning himself apparently with his free time, um, and it, it didn't play out exactly how I thought it would in the movie where he'd come back because mm-hmm. Mary just kind of like takes it on herself to be like Thomas isn't doing his job. Come back, Carson. When really they don't need Carson. <laughs> no. Well, they make it like the thing is they play it out like. Barrow is not pulling his weight because he's waiting for the royal staff to come and say what they need. Mm-hmm. And Mary's like, we got to get ahead of this. Right. But I think- and then in reality, Barrow was right. The royal staff comes in and they're like, we're in control. Mm-hmm. We got this whole thing on lock. Don't do anything. He, what is, he says, go find a book and read it. Yeah. So the Barrow's right. Mm-hmm. But Mary is not wrong in assuming they should have been a little more proactive. Yeah, for sure. So, and we'll get again, to, reveals. We'll get to Barrow's stuff later. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the the television-esque thing, mm-hmm. we have this scene where Hughes goes to talk to Carson, who's being like Thanos, gardening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are we visiting Carson when he's gardening? They have showed in the trailer the reveal and how good it is when Mary walks in, has the thing with Carson, and then Hughes has the line, like, you would do anything for her. Excellent introduction to the character in the movie. We don't need the scene with them gardening. I no. I I wish there was more of that. Actually, I want to see more of what actual life is for Carson after Downton. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't get that much in the movie. We get him more in the house because that's the only way to really include him in the plot. But I mean, time. We don't have time. I know, but that's a thing after Downton Abbey ends. You're curious about is like what happens after. And I almost wish there was like one more scene of that, mm-hmm. but. You know, or plot. have Mary come in and say, like, come in two days, and then we have Carson, like, getting himself back into the downtown. <laughs> He's groove. doing, like, pull-ups and stuff like that? Yeah, a montage. Oh, I would be there He's for like, that. I need to pull all of these carrots, or they'll go bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, and he he's back, and that scene where he is there at the house, and Robert's like, "Wait, what'd you do, Mary?" And then Thomas walks in, and is like, "Wait, what's he doing here?" That was so I saw good. that I saw that scene before I saw the movie. That was online already. Oh, really? I didn't. So why would you watch that? Because I want I, due diligence. You're going to see the movie. Yeah, I know, but it was like two weeks ago. It was a while ago. Well, that was one of the best scenes in the movie. I thought it was a great but, scene. Yeah, Barrow cut a heel promo for the ages. 
Is it heels or is that a babyface promo where he's just like that was a work shoot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his pipe bomb. He's like, yeah. "You hire me for this, and then you make him come back. You bring back this part timer to headline the show. Fine, let no. him do it. Let him do it. I'm just going to take the day." And, then, <laughs> and and Mary's like, "Go take the day." And he's like, "All right." <laughs> Yeah, Bye. I love how Mary's like, you're going to sack him? And Robert's like, I'm surprised he cares that much. Which is like, I'm going to give him a promotion. Yeah, good for Barrow. I'm Bar- going to let him live upstairs. Barrow's rocking that cool haircut and everything. Like, oh, Barrow's looking like a, he's looking good. Yeah, he's doing great. Uh, also another dude who looks like he's been hitting the gym too for the movie. Right? Yeah, Rob Collier. Yeah. RJC. Yeah, I'm still going to beat your time when I do the London Marath- Marathon, dude. But yeah, man. I don't think so. <laughs> still I think check. he's going to... He's going to be there waiting to beat you up. I'm keeping that challenge out there. Anyways, uh, we'll get to the rest of the Barrow stuff. But yeah, Carson's in full effect downstairs, assuming the Carson role, but he's being put in this place by Mr. Wilson. Mm-hmm. And he's very frustrated over what to do over this. And this is, again, I, I get they got to do it for the movie, but it didn't feel like Carson where he would actually go along with this. Well, he also says, like, I will not be a part of this. Right. But... Before we get into the deep thing, okay. can we just briefly talk about, not even briefly, I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it, aside from the assassination attempt, the second dumbest plot was the dressmaker who was stealing. Mm. It was so stupid. Well, it, it's, it, the only point that it served was the goofy thing with Edith in the dress and Anna being a detective again. But you know where my sympathies lie, where I did like the last scene where she talks to Anna and she's like you know what I stole is what you wouldn't be able to make in a year or whatever. And like, you so blindly follow these people. Why, why can't you just let me do this? And like, I, why I, can't you just let me steal? Yeah. But I do like that little bit of reminder. Like you're helping these other people out who don't really care about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, as we were reminded throughout the whole history of down, clearly the Crawleys care about their, their servants, mm-hmm. um, but it's different from, for other houses. Uh, yeah. And I, I like the, um, on that note, there's the the I think it's the guy, the head guy, the ball guy mm-hmm. that he's like, you're just a a footman in a small house that means nothing. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you get out of my way? Yeah. So but I, that yeah, I think this the the theft. And if you want that to be your beat, where mm-hmm. these people don't care, lump that character in with the assassin. Right. Well, I I do like that levity, but again. It just yeah feels misplaced in the movie. I think yeah. I, I do like it's a, it's a character you know like Alex said Julian always has to have this little character who's nefarious for no reason yeah and inconsequentially nefarious. All right, back to the other thing. All the downstairs people, we get the chef from Ratatouille who shows up. And he's like <laughs> go bear <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah. he's just French the whole time right. And uh, Anna drugs him. Mm-hmm. And Pat Moore can't do anything about it. She can't cook or... Uh... But I like that Pat Moore and Daisy are like Statler and Waldorf, where they're just like sitting there and like the royal kitchen staff are cooking. And it's like, oh, where's this? It's like, where's this? Why don't you take a bath? <laughs> and it's just making like cut and like cut the commentary team down there. Yeah, and another two characters. So after Branson and maybe Mosley, or maybe they're tied with Mosley, I feel like Daisy needs to get a lot of screen time in Daisy this movie. And Edith? No, Daisy and uh, Daisy and Patmore. Daisy and Patmore get a lot of screen time in oh, this yeah. film. They're absolutely the Statler and Waldorf. They just com- comment on things like, "What is this?" Uh, yeah, because if, if if it's Branson, they're right up there near him, like in terms of like getting a lot of lines mm-hmm. and, t- and stuff to do in the movie, mm-hmm. which is like cool. I mean, I like them. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to have a lot to do, but apparently they do. They're yeah, so it's there. like Branson, Molesley, <laughs> Daisy, and Patmore. Yeah, yeah. If you like everyone else. I mean, Carson and uh, uh, and Hughes have Carson and Hughes like roles, and there's good Anna moments. 
throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah. Um, Anna also, who locks them up in the room upstairs? The the guy when they're like, doesn't oh. Andy? Oh, Mr. Yeah. Wilson in there? Oh, so, yeah. Also, who the heck is young Albert? Who does this kid think he is? Which one's young Albert? Young Albert. Every time they show the whole group, they show bait. It's like um, it's like they show the Suicide Squad. So they got Bates, Mosley, mm-hmm. Andy, Anna, Hughes, Carson, and young Albert. Right. Well, this was in my notes, actually. He was the, the young boy. Uh, they had multiple children working there. No, and, young Albert was the one who was in all those shots, though. Right. But and they'd were, call him by name. I thought there was another young guy there. And there's a few, but there's a few young people... At the end of the show, they're paring down their staff. It seemed like they, I mean, I guess you have to have more stuff going on in the movie, but they definitely leveled up their staff back to, like, full capacity, it seems like. And then they made... Young young Albert had, like, three or four lines. Right. This is the thing where, did they realize that labor is cheaper among children? Uh, Because they get these young people... Well, I mean, Daisy's supposed to be, like, a child in the beginning of the show. Yeah, so I guess to make the cast kind of look older, they get young, young people in there. Uh... Yeah, where'd these people come from? Where'd they get the money from them? I was just like, who are these people? <laughs> and they're, and young young Albert gets named Young Albert multiple times. I mean, there's a lot of rappers out there named Young Something, so why not? Hey, Young Albert. <laughs> why not Lil' Whoever, Albert? the actor who plays Young Albert, see us. I want to know what your contract looked like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're there, but they're not involved in the, the plot for the kidnapping or anything. Young Albert? Right, he's not. No. No, because well, no, it's the old crew. Yeah. Well, no, he's he is involved, but he doesn't pull any triggers. He's just in the room. Mm-hmm. He's you know, if they ever got arrested for for locking up and drugging these royal servants, he's getting thrown in jail with him because he's there for all the important. He's in the wine cellar. Mm-hmm. The wine the wine cellar scene was my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I mean, it, it definitely didn't feel like something the downstairs would do, but it was fun. It was I was going with it. It felt like like Julian just said, "I don't care anymore." <laughs> I don't know about that. He's like these characters. I'm going to let them do what I want them to do and cause trouble, baby. I I guess. And that was I, the best that was the best Bates in the whole movie. It's yeah, it's the most Bates we he get says, in the movie. Remember when I was in prison? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I learned some things. We lock them up and drug them and beat them to death. And then they don't show him killing people, but I assume he did. You did you go to the same theater that I went to? I might have fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I watched the same movie, um, but yeah, they do drug him. Actually, do they reference the prison thing? I think they do. No, who drugs no, they them? Don't, uh, uh, Anna, Anna drugs them. Anna, Anna drugs them. Put some sleeping medicine in uh, Jacques' tea. Or whatever well, I guess she learned a thing or two in prison. Too. Oh yeah, that's right. She, they're like we're the prison people. Yeah, we've been through some things. Yeah. Uh, so they dispose of them. They really heal them up so well, and it just feels. Just desserts when they when they get locked up and put away, mm-hmm. and they get to serve everything. And then, well, the the guy who's with Barrow like mm-hmm. makes the phone call and pretends to be somebody who's like, "We need you back in London." So they get rid of all the footmen. Mm-hmm. Then the bald guy, Mister Spacely, he looks like Mister Spacely from the Jetsons. Oh yeah, gets like put out and locked up, mm-hmm. and the the chef gets drugged. Yeah. And then the down, I mean, that's really the gist and of what happens downstairs. I love the Prince Henry thing. Like, what if they ask about that? And it's like, well, no one really checks with what he does or anything, <laughs> which is nice. Well, we'll just say it was a hoax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what they do. Like, oh yeah, the locks jam here all the time. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that was, Andy. That was, that was nice. Jealous I, I, Andy. Yeah, good old jealous Andy. Uh, played it well. Played, yeah, played it. Jealousy we also well. find out that Daisy finds the fact that Andy got jealous of uh, the handsome furnace man. She loves it, and she that pushes her to want to get married. Who knew that's all it took was making a girl jealous? Yeah. Man, 
Good to know. I'll, yeah. t- I'll take that tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else downstairs? You know, there's just a lot of... Isabel does not play well with the other woman. She, the other woman doesn't do much against... Uh, against Isabel? Not Isabel. Hughes? Gosh, Hughes, yeah. Hughes. Well, everybody argues with everybody. Even right. Carson's getting hot at Mr. Space. But Hughes kind of asserts herself early and is like, no, nah, you're not taking my role, whereas Mr. Wilson walks all over uh, Carson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's sitting in his desk. Yeah. But it's not pouring even the his wine. desk, it's Barrow's desk. And yeah, he's pouring the wine. Yeah. Um... Good times, good times. It's a fun, it's a fun thing in the movie. Does the, that does that lead us to the the real oomph of Barrow, or is there anything that we're not we've missed? Well, uh, I do like. Oh, there's a moment with Baxter and and Mosley, right? Which led me to think like they haven't done anything yet. They haven't like hooked like are they're not in a relationship. Mosley's pushing sixty, man. You got to get there, right? Come on, man. And that would that's what led me to think like, well, this is an easy plot line to pick up for another movie. Like, just have them just make it happen. Um, Clearly, by the crowd reaction, Mosley is over. Oh, of course. Mosley Mosley could be a top-tier downstairs He's player. done the legwork. Yeah. He's a teacher. He just likes showing up. He's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do like uh, when they're standing uh, upstairs when the, the, the royalty is leaving the manor. <laughs> I like how the, the king is, is just like... Well, we hope you enjoy your stay here. And he's just like, I don't know if I'm ever coming back here. Like, this is good, but I don't know about this. Um, it reminds me of something that we lived through. What's that? It reminds us of, uh, this is a really random thing that only we get. Mm-hmm. It reminds us of when we saw WWE Hall of Famer Sting <laughs> oh, in Danbury, Connecticut, when he says, this is an iconic wrestler for those that don't know. He says, I, I'm, I'm here in Danbury. I don't know if I'll ever be in Danbury again. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the king at Downton. He's like, I'm at Downton. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'll ever see me at Downton again. <laughs> yep. Yep. I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I'll come back. Yeah. Uh and yeah, that's it for the staff. They they uh they they had their day. And then the the other uh the royal staff, they leave a little chuffed. Um Yeah, they but, leave defeated. They're Yeah. That's really all we get. But enjoyable. Enjoyable plot line that gives a lot for the downstairs to do. And I guess it works. It really mm-hmm. works for the movie. Um, but then... Barrow stuff. It's an, it's, it's an entirely separate film. Almost. Yes. He yeah. says, you want to bring Carson on? I'm not do- I'm not going to downgrade myself. I'm going on a vacation. It's Barrow's day out. That is literally his, his uh, side movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's him and this royal uh, guy. He's the... The way they explain it, they they write it out where there's like four, three crews for the royalty. Mm-hmm. So like one crew shows up, then the next crew shows up, and the next crew moves to the next town. It's complicated. It's like explaining time travel in a movie. Just assume the royalty is always covered. They roll deep. That's what yeah. that's what they do. So this guy's like, "Want to come with me to York? I'm going to York." Mm-hmm. And Barrow's like, "Yeah." And there's some there's a little spark in the air, right? And, and Barrow, uh, yeah, he's like chummy with this guy, which we rarely see. Yeah, I, I do feel like Barrow is still very much kind of uh, iron fist downstairs, like just kind of. A bit. He's still not beloved, mm-hmm. but we get that he seems a little. Yeah, I mean, I guess to their point of him being flustered, he seems like he's just trying to do the best he can downstairs. Yeah, I don't think he's in the wrong. I think he's sort of academic mm-hmm. in his way of handling the visit, whereas Mary wants a little more. Uh, yeah, strong. A little more fist. alpha. Yep. So they go, and he's like, I got to go visit my mom. Hang out at this bar. Uh-huh. And who sees him? A guy with a mustache. Oh, God, a mustache. What does that mean? Well, he he knows where, to, where the party's at. And he's like, come with me. It's a warehouse. We work hard, we party hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally that. Uh, and there and ha- It's a gay bar. It's a gay bar. Uh, and Barrow is like... 
lit a speakeasy. Up. A speakeasy. He is I guess. so fired up. Like, and it is everybody dance now. I will say in this movie, I you know there are things that like feel good for this reason and feel good for that reason. Barrow, like in the gay community, mm-hmm. was so great. Yeah. I was so happy watching this stuff play out. Yeah, good for him. Like him and the, he's like, I didn't know this kind of thing existed. Yeah. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And he's he's dancing, he's singing, he's having he, he some spins drink. on his head at one point. I think. Oh, he does the worm. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I didn't know he was that flexible. Oh, he's flexible. He he like sticks his finger through his hole in his hand. He's like, everybody check this out. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool he, party he, trick. <laughs> um, but then the cops show up. The, whoop, whoop. We heard about your party trick, Barrow. Like, you dirty pivots, get in the back of the paddy wagon. Right, and, and this, then, maybe this is why we didn't get Sergeant Willis because he's too kind-hearted to come break up the he'd game. Be like, bar. oh, you? <laughs> yeah, I know you. Oh, you're doing okay. Um, but yeah, they're, they're putting him in the paddy wagon, and who catches this but the Royal Guard guy? I who, don't remember his name. He's a tall, handsome dude, though. Yeah, uh, where's Daisy scoffing at him? I don't know. Uh, but he shows up, literally shows his card, says, "I'm royalty. Let this guy out." But I think this is such a weird thing when he's like, "You think the da- uh, the the Lord Lord Grantham is gonna like the fact that you're detaining his his butler under mm-hmm. some false thing that he showed up pulling a prank at a?" Mm-hmm. I I think that it is very showing at the time when you know the guy's like, "He's just pulling a prank on those dirty boys." <laughs> Those boys. <laughs> but then he gets out and Barrow's like, how'd you know I was here? And apparently the bartender's like, the bar- he said, the bartender told me. So imagine that bartender's like, <laughs> yeah, he went off with a bunch of boys, probably to that, that pervert club down the street. You want to go there? <laughs> All right. You're sick. I called the cops on him. That'll be one beer on that, on you now. So Barrow. the guy's like, so it takes a little bit of uh, unraveling, but the guy's like, I saved you because I'm like you. I never yeah. went and then Barrow and him have conversations where it's like, I never met somebody like me. I can't wait to go up to London all the time to see you. It's great. And then they kiss. And actually... The kiss, their kiss is great because it's like Andy almost sees it. Yeah, huh? And it's it's great. Like I pulled Zach so at good. the right time. It's so pulls good. right back in time. And then there's the great scene. Wait, how'd your audience respond to that? Oh, they went nuts. That, I think, actually got... Aside from the Mosley laughing thing, I think that actually got the loudest crowd like pop for mine mm-hmm. was like barrel kissing another I think man we, i think it was on the level of a good dowager quip in my crowd oh really i mean maybe it's new york a little bit more diverse there than oh i don't know. think people were like boo but i think you know no it, not boo but i mean like new york's more diverse than connecticut and they were they were whoop, 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 whoop. they were loving it man like they were whooping for it so awesome yeah yeah i mean we didn't whoop as much as a new york crowd <laughs> so i guess diversity means more whooping yeah that's what it leads to anywhere um yeah, great plot line. Good, good use of Barrow. Really good. Actually, Barrow would probably be fourth, maybe, in terms of screen time in this movie. Mm-hmm. But then I think the great scene with those two guys was they're walking in. And he's like, do you think there's ever a world where people like us will be okay? Mm-hmm. And it's like, who knows? Let's make the best of what we... And I think that is all we ever wanted from a Barrow plot was for someone to tell him, like, it's going to be... Like, we're going to just have to fight through to be ourselves. Right. And I think... We get somewhere close to that with Clarkson when he has the big Clarkson with Clark in the show. Oh, okay, when he has the infected butt, when Clarkson's <laughs> yeah. like, "You just need to do the best to be yourself." When they showed the ten minute recap and they showed that scene where he's like, oh, "I thought I'm, they were going to show the butt." I thought they were going to show the butt too. I was like, "Oh no, they're going to go the whole way." Saline. <laughs> yeah. um, well, this is a PG movie, so right. we can't go showing a butt cheek. Before. They can't show an infected butt cheek. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's most of the plot lines of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. There's a parallel there where Branson always has these meetings with other Republicans or whatever. Like, you think everything will ever change, and and it doesn't go that way for for the Irish people. Um, Keep throwing those bombs. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at some reviews, and they they talk about how the movie's like in love with you know. Uh, the royalty and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and especially a weird thing at this time right now, especially over there with Brexit and all that stuff going yep. on. Uh, it's a weird times over there. Uh, do we need this? And it's like, look, if you haven't watched Down for the past six years and you're going to question that now, get out of here. This isn't yeah, like kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like you this the isn't boat. like uh, what was it? Like like the Boondock Saints got postponed because of the Oklahoma City bombing or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, Columbine, right? There's what any movie that's like moved around controversy. This doesn't fit that category. This isn't like Brexity. It's about it's that one Abby. Yeah, it's the nineteen twenties. It's a soap. It's a soap. And yeah, the, you got a lot of soap in this movie. A lot, uh, a lot of bubbly soap. So on the whole, yeah, I, I, there was moments where I, I was so swept up in the movie, even like with my reservations, like when Branson and that girl dancing at the end. I was swept. I was like, I could watch this movie forever. I loved it. Like it was. I was like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. what I'm here for. Did you feel a weird feeling though after the royalty left? Where I was like. Okay, that's the end of the episode. That's that's it. And mm-hmm. then they're like, "Oh well, tomorrow's the ball." And then that felt a little tacked on. Yeah, well, I felt like they're like, "Oh, so now you've you've finished up everything with the downstairs, right? Staff. Everything." But then that's when we do barrel mode. Right, Talbot shows up. Yep, uh, I'm here. <laughs> I gotta do, gotta get my get my paycheck. Uh, another ten minutes of the movie, please, and we get it. Uh, so yeah, no post credits, nothing. That that's it. That's all she wrote right now. Yeah, people are uh, you know saying things like I'm so glad to see how it wrapped up. My parents are asking like, well, did it resolve all the characters well? And it's like, I mean, as much as so far as leaving it open for another sequel, it's I not think. like um, <laughs> what's the Firefly movie Serenity, mm-hmm. where they like kill a lot of the major characters. Like, Come on, you didn't have to do that. This sort yeah. of doesn't doesn't do anything. Ne- doesn't leave anybody in a sour space, so to speak. Right. Aside from Violet, and yeah, I mean, I, I would not doubt that she comes back too. I could see her coming back for the next one because it's like one of those things where yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why that plot was written the way that it was because yeah. she can come back or she can't, and that'll be the big tearjerker moment of that next movie because yeah. the the cast has been a little cagey, but they're like, if this movie does well, which I think early tracking is showing, it's going to do a lot of business. You'll we're likely to see a sequel. Oh so, yeah, baby. Yeah, we're back. We're, we're, we're not stuck done. On this I book. don't think we're done yet. So, I mean, if, as long as Jillian keeps cashing checks, you know that it'll probably happen. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, good movie, right, Dave? Great Downton Abbey. I'm in. Good, I'd say. I think it's Great Downton Abbey. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say great because I know the great of the great moments of Downton Abbey leave me on such a high. A lot I, of this movie left me on that high. Is it a little bit just the moments of seeing everyone again together? Like just no, that Hill Street? No, not necessarily. Okay. I right. think Barrow having the conversation about will gay people ever be okay. Mm-hmm. That along with the moment with Mary and the Dowager and Mosley. Uh, Mosley were like peak Downton Abbey moments. I'd say two of those three moments. The, the, again, I, people are probably going to disagree with me on this. And I'm fine. That's fine. But yeah, the Mary, uh, old Violet stuff. It just felt, I didn't quite feel earned. Like, mm-hmm. it just, I mean, maybe I, it is a cliche in movies to have someone, like, cough and then they have cancer in the next scene. But, like, it just is, like, I mean, I don't know. But they didn't I, even cough. She's just said, I know, I know. That's why Mary's like, 
are, shouldn't you be in bed? And she's like, no, I'm just going to keep being me until I die. I think the way you, you do that is true till death. I, yeah. I think the way you do that is you introduce Mary's concerns earlier in the movie about managing doubt and whether to stick around and stuff like that. So that impact lands a little harder later in the movie when mm-hmm. like you're the one to take on the thing, not a scene or two before where she's like, I don't know if I want to stick around. And then, you know, Violet's like, do this. I think put a little more emphasis on how, how difficult it was to clean up the chairs in the rain. They had like one shot where they're in a truck and it's like Mosley sitting next to Robert in the back of a truck, which I know he's I like, never seen. Chip, come on, Mosley, let's do this. Yeah, so weird, so weird. But put a little more emphasis on the fact that like that's the kind of stuff that you have to do, mm-hmm. and then the Anna scene seems more earned. Yeah. Instead, we have Mary on screen picking up a gun from a <laughs> failed assassination yeah. attempt. The gun, Mary, Bizarre. get the gun. Bizarre. Um, okay. All right. We got power rankings. We do have power rankings. I went top five. and It's a bit of a stretch for me. In terms of the bottom five, it's a a stretch. Yeah. Who do you got on the bottom of the bottom? Wait one second. Let me me just go through my notes to make sure we're not missing anything. Okay. Um, No, I think we covered... uh, What if there was one character that we didn't talk about? You know, one thing I did like, though, also with with Barrow, is they didn't double back on his character, which I find they do with some movies where, like, they kind of reset the characters from where we left them in the show. Like, they didn't make Barrow back into a bad guy, which I thought would have been, like, an easy thing for them to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, We can't really... I can't really say memorable quotes because I didn't write anything down. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe if we go see it again, we'll go at an odd time where we can kind of have our phones just scribble away. Yeah, we'll scribble away. So who's going down? Uh, number five on down, I have Mosley. Mosley? Okay. He, he made a fool of himself. And the royalty, you know, in front of the royalty. All right. Yeah. I'm just, I, I have mentioned in name only, Rosamond. You don't talk about her and then don't bring her in. Right. She should definitely be there. She should have been there. She should have showed up. And I guess maybe it speaks to like maybe they just actually didn't care about the royalty showing up. But I mean, come on, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Number four, I got Talbot. He, you know, he's stuck with Down, you know, for better or worse. Worse. And where have you been, dude? Where have you been? Mm-hmm. In the 1920s, we you know where the stocks are about to crash. All right, dude. <laughs> you got good luck with that. Enjoy. Yeah, I got Andy at number four. <laughs> okay, because it's just the I know that it wound up charming Daisy, mm-hmm. but. Bro, you got to keep your temper. You know, trust your woman. Yeah, keep yourself in check, man. Uh, number three, I got Violet. Me too. It's a tie. She doesn't help uh, Robert get his inheritance, and she's dying. Yeah, and she kind of gets humbled in the fact that she learns about Lucy. Yeah. Well, did she learn about Lucy? Yeah. I, I, does, I, does Isabel tell her? Yeah. No, Lady Backshaw does. They uh, don't show it on screen, but she's gotcha. like, why didn't you tell me? Gotcha. Number two, I have assassination attempt man, uh, Major. Okay. I got Edith at number two. Oh boy, wait, why Edith? Because she, I mean, the stuff. Her whole plot is just getting her husband to be there when her child is born, mm-hmm. and that's joyful. Yes, good. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, I think it really resonated with me being so fresh and close to season six when she's like, "I just lost everything that I loved in my life to sit around in." You know, we're yeah. we're made to believe that Edith is this sort of leader of the feminist movement. And she sort of picks up where Sybil left off without being quite as radical. Mm-hmm. So she gets this newspaper. She has a child out of wedlock. And she pulls all the strings and destroys all the families to bring that child to, to her. Then she sort of cleans everything with Birdie. Mm-hmm. And then it is swept away in the romance just to sort of have the harsh reality like, oh, no, your life now is being, as she says, put on committees that she doesn't want to be on. 
Yeah. She's lost That's her true. Pa- the things she good loves. Points. Yeah. I, I I think she's in a good enough place. And um, kudos to her for having another kid. By the hey. way, they showed her without her dress in this movie. I felt scandalized for a moment. Oh, yeah, geez. They were sewing some curves. Yeah, I was like, whew. Because, you know, usually, you know, Downton shows a, a shirtless man, which we didn't get in the movie. But, uh, wow, we, Edith. In the, in we didn't the, even get to see Furnace Man without a shirt. That's a perfect, you know, yeah, just, you got some coal on you. Yeah, give, give the women want that, sure. Well, who do you got at number one? It's that downstairs staff from the Royal Guard. Okay. I mean, they just, they got shown up. Yeah, <laughs> I did my number one, Assassination Man. Okay, yeah. I mean, he didn't get it done. <laughs> he got the opening shot. He I, got the, the the Bates in season one treatment. Yeah, he got a lot. Just to get, nothing. you know, nothing. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. By the way, Dave, how hyped were you going into this movie before the movie? I was, I, I didn't see myself getting excited. I was unreasonably excited for this movie. Like, I got, like, real hyped I, beforehand. I, uh, I, my hype was, was medium. It got, I was like, this is happening. This is real. I think in the... And, and like sort of seeing how because I put a couple tweets out mm-hmm. on Thursday and usually not that we get like a thousand retweets and responses yeah. and stuff like that. But pretty much as soon as I tweeted stuff, we got a couple likes right out the gate. And I was like, oh, no, people are like fired up for us to be in the theater. And that yeah. to me kind of hit like, all right, you know, like I got to do this. I'm, I'm I got to remember why I love Down Abbey. Right. And that kind of sort of it was like a it was a medium hype, on purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Dave, tell me you, who's going up. Who's number five for you on the up power rankings? I will say, if it wasn't for the last scene, she wouldn't rank. But Lady Mary's number five. Okay. She kind of has to learn the hard way how important what she's doing is, and she does. She knows her role, and she shuts her mouth, <laughs> <laughs> as The Rock would say. Uh, but I think the thing with Violet saying like. No, you are the future mm-hmm. is a huge moment that we all kind of knew was going to come and it was there and boom. Yeah. That's it. Good moment. Who's your number five? Carson. Okay. He helps out around the house. He gets it done. He even helps uh, put away that Wilson guy. It's just good to see him back in action doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He's got a great tan too. I can't emphasize that enough. Mm-hmm. Good for Carson. Mm-hmm. Number four, Dave? Mr. Mosley. Mm, okay. Explain your reasoning. He wants to come back on to work for the royalty. I mean, he's he's got that open invitation that we established at the end of season it's six. It's not necessarily open invitation. It's like, if and you need to keep in mind, that's a Carson thing. Yeah. Barrow in charge is probably like, I don't want you around anymore. Right. We got young Albert here. <laughs> Things are going fine. Sure. He gets to come back. Mm-hmm. He has the moment, and I think he's mortified, but then the, the queen is like, this happens all the time. Yeah. I'm not going to you know like have him shot. Yeah, and I, I do like that he brings some shine on to the Downton crew. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, they know what's up. Yeah, but and I think he unwillingly does that. And then also the moment with Baxter's Baxter, like, yeah. we are getting somewhere with you two. That's, I, that's what almost made me think, like, well, he could be up, but Mosley, that moment, he was so embarrassed. Uh, at number four, I have Isabel. Okay. I thought that moment with her intervening with Bagshaw was great, classic Isabel, just knowing the situation, reading it correctly, and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And she helps Violet along the way from not making a fool of herself. And I thought, good work, Isabel. Good job. All right. Mm-hmm. Number three, mm-hmm. I got Mr. Carson. Yeah? Okay. He got, you know, he was sitting at home, retired, mm-hmm. and he got that phone call. We need a big main event player right now. Yeah. Call we up. got some royal money coming in. Come back. And then he comes in. And he's kind of put in his spot a lot, but mm-hmm. he ultimately plays it cool. He lets things slide. He, I feel like we're this is this is a uh, second run Carson. 
And he has the moment where he's... The HBK. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He gets that dirty Saudi money all over his hands. Whoa. Where he says, he says that, the, like, I've been here for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... It's all, time. He says, oh, it's yeah. Carson time. And it, I just think that moment was, was a, it hit me in all the feels. And the Dowager's like, it's so good to see you back, Mr. Carson. This is where you belong. And he's, he holds out his hand and he goes, Still steady, baby. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming back full time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the carrots can pluck themselves. Uh, number three, I got Barrow. Okay. He's got a night out in town. He shows Robert that he cares, you know? And he, sna- he snogs a dude. Yeah. So, yeah, good for it's Barrow, beautiful. you know? Barrow's my number two. Okay. I think that he's so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He helps execute. I think he's an underrated player in the sabotage scheme because... They realize if they need this thing to work, mm-hmm. they, they're like, oh, we know who to go to. Barrow helps make that prank call to get all the footmen gone. Yeah, gets them out of there. And like the fact, I think Barrow seeing the gay bar is one of those things that I, I think is an underrated great scene for like LGBTQ Q film. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, this is a guy who's been in this sheltered thing forever he didn't know there was a world where he could go be accepted. And seeing that through his eyes, like the wonder and the pride mm-hmm. and the joy, Robert James Collier playing that was beautiful and wonderful and perfect. Yeah. Well, in number two, uh, I have Anna. Uh, okay. I Good. thought... She she pulls a lot of strings. Yeah. She sickens the chef. She catches the maid stealing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like that moment where she tells Mary how much Downton means to the community and everything. A, she cuts a babyface promo for that the That one landed really hard with me. Like, that was, like, uh, so, in, like, great. And it's like, yeah, Anna, like, let her know what's up. That, like, I, that was one of the most heartfelt moments in the movie. And mm-hmm. I thought that was beautiful. So, Anna doing work and then letting people know what's up, number two. Yeah, I, Anna should have been on my list, but... Oops. I think number one is pretty unanimous, though. I think we're on the same page in this, right? The shopkeeper. It's Branson. Oh, yeah. It, Not the shopkeeper. It's Branson. Yeah. Oh, the shopkeeper who got his food like, <laughs> eaten? Yeah, yeah. No question. It, it's Branson. This is Branson's movie. Yeah, essentially. If you had to, if you had to build this movie, and, and as the credits were rolling, mm-hmm. and I had yet to realize they were putting the characters in alphabetical order, I saw I saw Hugh Bonneville. I was like, oh, we're putting Hugh first? Little <laughs> yeah. did I know it was alphabetical. Right. If you were to do this movie... Based on the importance of the characters, Alan Leach is number one. Yeah. As he is important to the family itself, mm-hmm. he's important to this film. This is his movie. Yeah. Good. We, he he legitimately stopped someone from killing the King of England. <laughs> no. That was they his... show the guy loading the gun and pointing it. Yeah. As he, soon... has, he has the king in his sights. As soon as he did that, I was like, oh, he's number one in the power rankings. Like, I mean, how do you top, you know... Uh, stopping an assassination. Mm-hmm. Well, you you get a girl to to you know fall for you. That's that's how you do it. So you said that editor left me high and dry. Yeah, but you know who didn't? Lucy. Right. Well, that's the Downton Abbey movie. That's it. There's one thing I think I forgot to touch on that I wanted to bring up. Back to the whole thing about Julian, you know, having to blend the melancholy with the happiness and a, a silver lining. Mm-hmm. You know what came up in season six, episode six, that Julian Fellows, we assumed he must be a Satanist on some level. Maybe. Uh-huh. Do you think this is part of that Satanism? Him offering up a sacrifice in Violet. To the to the Dark Lord? Yeah. To, to keep the happiness and the good times rolling for everyone else. Do you, do you think this ties in with his beliefs? No. Okay. 
And again, it wouldn't be a young person again, for, <laughs> or an old person. It would be, be it would be young Albert gets tied onto <laughs> an old kid. And for <laughs> listeners, we don't actually believe Julian's a Satanist. We just question where he lies in terms of that spectrum. So, we, <laughs> so what you're saying is we don't believe he's a Satanist, but if he was a Satanist, we wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> exactly. That's where we are. Okay. Listen to the rest of the pod if you're interested in where we went with that. Yeah, one. if you're just turn, tuning in now, you're, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to catch up. <laughs> Go back to season one, episode one. Uh, no, start with, I'd say, season one, episode six. We, we, we catch our stride a little after a few episodes. Yeah. And on yeah. that note, we've been recording for an hour and a half. Oh, my God. As long as the film itself. No, not quite. That's two hours. Right. Two hours and two minutes. Uh, but I think we're going to go see it again. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, I don't know what's next. I don't know either. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put out a Google form, so, similar to our Survey Monkey. You know what I think is definitely next? I think Gosford Park is next. Oh, we have to watch that movie. Absolutely. I think that is on our short. I think that is like, let's do that soon. And the Mixed Match, mixed match Challenge as well. Yeah. We have to Since resolve the, that. You know what? Two plus four is six. I think the Sinister Six are going to have to team up okay, to break down this. And somebody, I think it's our friend Chris, said, brought up all of these characters that never made it to the champion's bracket. We got to do them some due diligence. Yeah, we got a lot more Down Abbey coverage apparently in store for you. Even well, though I, I think I think the way that we saw in our heads was that we would wrap up all the stuff about Downton mm-hmm. as the movie hit. And then the movie would be sort of our send off to Downton. But I feel like there's still a lot of things that we didn't wrap up. I'm not, I'm not saying I want to go and come up with a plan to do another four years of Downton content. But I'm saying there's, there's, there's some stones that we have left unturned. Yeah, we, we still have work to do. We are going to turn the stones before we really figure out what's coming up. And I know we've gotten a lot of suggestions from fans and friends about mm-hmm. what to do next. We are hearing those things, but I will go as far as to say... Anything that's sort of period piece, if it's not that popular, I don't think I'm going to dedicate my life to it. We want to do something that a lot of people listen to, maybe, or watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we just, for our own selfish needs, you know, we, yeah. we want to have a, a podcast that people listen to, I guess. And I, I, I tweeted this from my personal account, like, when this movie, or I don't know, I might have done it from the Lord of Grantham account, we didn't know the movie was going to happen when we started this podcast. No. And... I think we did it. We started the podcast because we knew Downton was kind of a show that had a, a nice niche fan base. And also, we just like talking about it. Too. Yeah. But the movie really Leveled put a lot of eyes and ears onto our podcast. And we owe this movie a lot. So mm-hmm. to Julian and the company and uh, Focus Features and whatever, all the other people who helped make the movie possible, we owe you guys for basically a good chunk of our fan base. And we appreciate it. And we got a lot more left to do. There's, we still got a lot left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess that's really it. This yeah. is by far the longest episode of this podcast. And, don't, right. know, don't know where we're going, but we got a lot left in the tank, baby. And, and as I said last week in the Patreon reveal, we got two Patreon bonus or two more months of Patreon if you're listening to this as it comes out. Ten bucks. You can get our entire back catalog, and we got three more bonus episodes left mm-hmm. because we are owed one, and we have September and October. Yep. So if you've made it this far and climbed the mountain with us and you feel like you want to say thank you, a five-star review goes a long way, but so does a dollar a month or $5 a month. Mm-hmm. So as always, find us on the social media. Let us know what you think of the movie. Uh, I'll say this right now. If we're going to go see the movie again, we definitely don't have another 90 minutes of coverage for it. No. But 
You got questions about Downton Abbey? We got a Q&A maybe? Yeah. Any feedback? We, we want to hear your feedback about the movie. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe shout it out on the podcast. We'll, yeah. Who knows? But either way, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Gmail us if you want to. We, Subscribe yeah, on G- Patreon. Gmail has been surprisingly very fruitful for fans. Yeah. Let us know how you're feeling. Yeah. So anyways, this is not the end of things. We'll catch you next time on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Goodbye.